The word from the Lord today comes from the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And if you have your Bibles, will you please stand for the reading of God's holy word? And if you can't stand, just say, Amen. And it reads, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen to the reading and hearing of God's holy word. You may be seated. I'd like to speak this morning briefly from the theme, running the race of faith. Running the race of faith. I need your prayers. My brothers and sisters, let me begin today's message by reminding you that the Christian faith is a supernatural religion. And unlike some of the uh, other religions, we believe in a world beyond this world. We believe in angels and demons. We believe in heaven and hell. And not only that, but we also believe in supernatural miracles. And we believe in the second coming of Christ. And I know that most of us here today are familiar with the story of Peter. Because we heard a wonderful message last week on how Peter stepped out of the boat on faith and walked on the water. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was okay and kept on stepping. But as soon as he took his eyes off the Lord, Peter began to sink. And that same lesson applies to all of us in the church today. Because every step we take in this life should be all about Jesus and all that he has done. And from a biblical perspective, there are only two groupings of people in the world today. Those who are in Christ Jesus and those who are not. And in the Old Testament, God made a covenant with his chosen people, the descendants of Abraham. And in that Old Testament covenant, God promised to bless his people with a land flowing with milk and honey and to make of them a great and holy nation so that they would be an example and a blessing to the other nations in the land. But because of their unfaithfulness and their disobedience to God's word, God allowed their enemies to defeat them and take them out of the land into captivity. But God did not abandon his covenant people. And he promised to give them a new and better covenant. A renewed Israel who would serve him faithfully. And that promise of a new Israel was fulfilled when a virgin named Mary gave birth to a baby boy 
named Jesus, who was perfect in everything that he did, a true and faithful Israelite. And because we are united with Christ Jesus, the Bible says that the church, the church is now the new Israel of God. And the old covenant agreement has been disannulled due to the disobedience of Old Testament Israel. And scripture says at Romans 11 and 11 that through the fall of the Jews that salvation has come to the Gentiles. So that the promises of abundant blessings can now be enjoyed by all families and all races and all classes of people, both Jews and Gentiles, who are united by faith in Christ Jesus and have been adopted into the family of God. And in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, the Apostle Paul compares the Christian life to a race with runners competing to win a prize. And Paul would emphasize the importance of discipline and self-control for all the runners in the race. And what Paul is saying is that if a runner sincerely wanted to win the prize, he not only had to eat right, but he also had to get plenty of rest. And that same principle applies to all the members of the church today. Because our body is the temple of God. And it is a sin to abuse God's temple. And not only that, but in the race of faith, we're not competing against other runners, but rather we are contending against our own sin nature. Because the old self, the flesh, competes with our spirit for control of our lives. And we are also mindful of the fact that as children of God, we're not in the race and hope of winning a place in heaven because our home in heaven has already been secured by the blood of Jesus. But rather, we're in the race because we are commanded by the word of God at Philippians 3 and 14 to press on, press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus, which means that we must focus our lives on things that are spiritual and eternal and not get caught up in the desires of the flesh and the material things of this world. And every born-again Christian, every child of God, is traveling in the journey that leads to heaven. And the only way to finish the race is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And the Apostle Paul also said that we are to forget the things of the past with the waste that could hold us back. In other words, we must not allow ourselves to be controlled or consumed by the things of the past. Because if we dwell too much on the past, we will certainly stumble and fall. We can't undo the bad things done in the past. And we've all done some bad things in the past. We can't undo the bad things done in the past, but 
We can learn from past mistakes and break the power of the past by not looking back, but looking forward. And somebody said looking forward. Looking forward to the promise of a future glory where all things will be made right. And the Bible said that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Paul provides a list of some of the Old Testament saints who have already finished the race and persevered in faith. And in verse 1 of our text today, Paul refers to them as a great cloud of witnesses. And Paul wrote the book of Hebrews because the saints in the early church had become discouraged, frustrated, and getting weary of their persecution and suffering and wanted to give up and go back to their old religion. But Paul would remind them that their suffering was not something new or unique because the Old Testament saints also suffered severely. And yet, they endured and persevered in faith because they knew that this world was not their final home. And Paul would encourage the church to look around at these heroes of the faith. Abraham. Moses, Jacob, Rahab, and all the others who are now walking around in heaven. And so, when God allows some tragedy, a difficult situation to come your way, don't fool, don't feel sorry for yourself, and don't go around throwing a pity party. Because you're not the only one who has had some sleepless nights. You're not the only one who has some physical or financial problems. And you're certainly not the only one who has had some problems with your children, problems with your marriage, or problems on the job. And as the blues writer would say, when one problem ends, Another pops up to take his place. And as Pastor Shannon would put it, if you're not already in a storm, if you're not coming out of a storm, just hold on because a storm is headed your way. And if the truth be told, we've all had some hurts. We've all been hurt at one time or another. And the message for us here today is that the Christian life is a race that requires discipline and endurance. And one of the best ways to develop endurance is to press on. Press on even in the midst of the bad news and the storms that just keep on coming. And what Paul is saying to us today is that don't let your trials and your troubles break you down. But be strong in the Lord. And, run and learn from the witnesses 
of the godly men and women of the Old Testament who ran the race and won. In other words, if you're having problems with your family, read about Joseph and his dysfunctional family and how he forgave his brothers in spite of their evil intent. And if you're having problems on the job and you think that your job is too hard, just study the life of Moses who had to lead a disobedient and hard-headed people through 40 years of suffering. And if you're struggling with some unconfessed sin, take a look at the confession of King David, who had Uriah killed so that he could take his wife. But his guilt was so heavy that he cried out in Psalm 51, Have mercy! Have mercy on me, O Lord! Have mercy on me! Blot out my transgressions and create in me a clean heart and a right spirit. David fell down, but David got back up again and won the race because he trusted in the Lord and repented of his sin. But David still had a long ways to go. And like David, none of us have fully arrived because we ain't as holy as we ought to be. And so don't fool yourself because we all got some things that we need to work on. But as long as we stay connected, and somebody says stay connected, as long as we stay connected to Jesus, he will give us everything we need to persevere and finish the race. And in verse 2 of the text, it says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And what that means is that all things, somebody say all things. All things, not some things, not a few things, but all things begin with Jesus. And all things will end with Jesus, who set the supreme example on how to run and finish the race. And unlike the children of Israel and the Old Testament saints, Jesus never wavered in his faith. And he's the only one who lived a life of perfect obedience to the will of his Father. And on the cross, he finished the work that his Father gave him to do. And he's the only one who could have saved us from our sins. The Old Testament saints were men and women of faith. But they also had some faults. They all had some failures. And when God gave the covenant commandments to the children of Israel, he knew that they could not be saved by the law. Because the law demanded perfect obedience. And no man, no man other than Jesus, no man other than Jesus could keep all the commandments of the law. And when the children of Israel turned their backs on God and were dying in the wilderness, the Bible said that God instructed Moses to lift up the head of a serpent on a pole. 
And when the dying Israelites looked up to the uplifted pole, they were healed of their ailments and afflictions. And God would use this incident as an illustration to teach a dying world that Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus must be lifted up on the cross so that sinners looking up to him by faith would be healed of their sin. And in the words of Jesus, recorded at 12, John 12 and 32, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And Jesus endured more pain and suffering than any of the Old Testament saints. And he did it not because he had to, but because he loved us so much that he voluntarily suffered and died the death of the cross so that we might have a right to everlasting life. And he's saying to us today, I must be about my father's business. I am the truth, the way, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. And his journey, his journey of faith extended all the way from heaven to Bethlehem, from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Calvary's cross, and from the cross to the grave. But the good news Somebody said the good news. The good news is that the grave is not how the story ends. Because early, early, early that Sunday morning, before the dew fell on the roses, he arose from the grave. And he is now back in heaven. Seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority in his hands. But during his earthly journey, at no time did Jesus give in to temptation or turn back from his Father's will. But we live in a time when young people are not following in the footsteps of their parents like they used to. Do I have a witness here? And there are many who, are no, who no longer believe in the truth of the Bible and the authority of the church. And see, no need of spending their Sunday mornings in the church because they believe that they have more important things to do. And they have been misled into thinking that they can get all the religion they need from listening to the preachers on television or the internet. And not only that, but there used to be a time when I was growing up that young people looked up to and respected the views of older people and would say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, to their elders. But not anymore, not in this world today, because we live in a time when so many of our young people are caught up in social media, entertainment, and all the other pleasures of the world. 
And in their pursuit of material things, they don't study the Bible, and they don't know much at all about the promises of spiritual blessings and the power of prayer. They know all the lyrics of the rap songs, but they don't know the 23rd songs. And when difficult times come their way, they don't have the spiritual foundation to seek and wait on the Lord. And in verse 2 of the text today, Paul said that Jesus kept the eye of faith on the joy that was set before him. And what Paul is saying is that we should keep our eyes on the finish line, knowing that Jesus has already blazed the trail and finished the course. And if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can live the life of faith and persevere against any stumbling block that may come against us. And so the question here today, my brothers and sisters, is what is your stumbling block? What is it that may be holding you back from being everything that God will have you to be? And it does not matter how long you've been in church, how long you've been saved and sanctified, whether it's four weeks or 40 years, it does not matter because the fact of the matter is that we all got some weaknesses. We all got some obstacles that we need to overcome. It may be that we've allowed the things of the world, the money, the cars, the prestige, and the desires of the flesh to become more important than our relationship with Jesus. And as a result, we don't spend enough time studying and feeding on God's word. We don't spend enough time in prayer and calling on the name of Jesus. Or maybe you got some bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart that you need to let go. But how can we expect God to forgive us of our trespasses if we're not willing to forgive one another? And unforgiveness may not be your stumbling block, but maybe, maybe you got a bad case of pride or self-centeredness, where you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And you can see the faults of everybody else, but you can't see your own. Or maybe you got an eating problem, because you're eating too many sweets, and you can't say no to that second or third pork chop. And for our young people here today, be very, very careful of the company you keep. Because everyone that pats you on the back and smiles in your face ain't your friend. And not everyone will be happy to see you doing well, to see you doing better than them. And so don't listen to the advice 
of negative-minded people telling you what you can't or cannot do. For the Bible said that we can do all things, all things through Christ Jesus who gives us the strength. And the day will come, Reverend Curtis, when Jesus will return to earth to establish his eternal kingdom. And Jesus taught his disciples to keep their eyes fixed on the future glory when all the redeemed of the Lord, both Old and New Testament saints, will be gathered together with him in eternity. And throughout his epistles to the church, Paul encouraged the churches to follow after Jesus and look ahead by faith. And he also instructed them to learn from the witness of the Old Testament saints who live for the future and will be rewarded according to their faith. And when Paul was nearing the end of his earthly journey, he said at 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And like the Apostle Paul, I've been in the race for a long time. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I can honestly say that I've come a mighty, mighty long ways from where I started from. And even though I still got a long ways to go, I know for a fact that I'm moving in the right direction. And as the songwriter would say, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And do I have a witness here? And if you know my Lord Jesus and have been washed in his blood, can you lift holy hands? And can you shout hallelujah? And can you tell them thank you? Thank you for your goodness and your grace. And thank you, thank you for bringing me through my storms. And do I have a witness here? And by the grace of the Lord, I come a long way. By the grace, by the grace of the Lord, I come a long way. Said I've come along, I've come along, come a long way. By the grace, by the grace, by the grace of the Lord, I come a long way. Said I've come along, I've come along, come a long way.